In a far-off land, a radio show will commence. It's called Your Pet Matters, and tuning in would just make sense. Every Saturday at 10 a.m., relax and unwind. And listen to Dr. T, who has pet advice designed for you and for you alone. Free advice just for helping to keep your furry friend happy and healthy. Tune in to Your Pet Matters, a show underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care with quality you can't deny. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Good morning and welcome to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequila. And lots of things to talk about this show. Um, number one, spring is in the air. That is awesome. Sunlight's coming. Winter's gone. The chill is gone. And we've got lots of sunlight, which is phenomenal. So it's actually a pleasure to go out and talk to clients as we continue to go curbside. I wanted to talk about COVID and where we're at, uh, both as a profession and then particularly where we're at in my practice. Part of it is a little rant. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, we veterinarians, veterinarian team members, were considered essential service, and we've been on the front lines from day one. We never closed. We just had to format how we did what we do reformat, revamp, think outside the box and really work as quickly and as fast as possible at the spur of the moment to get things done. And I think as a profession, veterinarians have done incredibly well. And I think that the response and providing customer service is phenomenal. But I need to get something off my chest. Let's get one thing straight. My team is not vaccinated yet and it is frustrating for us the um and i'm sure other people are in this boat but it's been difficult and in my particular neck of the woods we're still not listed as you know second line or whatever and now they're starting to open things up so um at this point in time i do not have a vaccine on board so that is something that will affect the change in how we do things and we're going to wait for that minimum additionally there's some trends and waves and hybrids viruses and changes in the viruses coming out so we also have to wait for that back home where i'm from in canada there's these shutdowns again so it is tough it is frustrating but at this point in time we are curbside and will remain so as long as we have to. I've been pursuing different avenues and looking at different options that other practices are doing. I do find that um, some practices are having some difficulty opening up. I find that every time um, I would see that a practice open up, they would have to shut down again. Um, so we've been incredibly fortunate. My particular practice has not had, let me knock on wood. That's my head I'm knocking on. We have not had a single case of COVID out of practice. We have not had to shut down. Um, we do really good cleaning um, methods. I, I bought this fogger many, many months ago that we fog every night and it's just worked really well. Um, we stay really clean in the hospital and we clean continually. Um, so we're really doing good things. And yes, we have no social life <laughs> outside the practice, but you know, it's, it's made us healthy and enabled to continue doing what we're doing. Um, so 
I just want to throw that out there. As, as most vet hospitals, I don't think they're vaccinated. Many of you are vaccinated. I have a lot of clients come up. You know what? I'm vaccinated. I'm like, good for you. Awesome. I'm not. <laughs> so we really have to um, you know, consider that before even considering opening up. Um, some practices are actually, you know, they're going to offer curbside regardless of whether they open up or not. Um, I personally have this joy of curbside. I find that I actually do better medicine. Um, other practitioners find that they don't. So it's all in all. But I think the difference between me is I'm not talking to my clients on the phone. I'm out, I'm out there talking to them one-on-one. -on -one. And I think that makes a significant difference. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, but I wanted to talk about a couple things. Like there are a lot of things. And you're seeing this not only in the vet world but outside. Um, the first thing that comes to mind, the best analogy, is it's impossible to buy certain computer products. Um, components. Um, certain manufacturers aren't shipping things. Um, I was just talking to a motorcycle dealership and they're saying things are way off as far as when they expect things to arrive and shipments are really low in number. So in the same sense, my distributors are struggling. We are getting certain products because the components of those products are not available, that they're going on indefinite back order. And I think there's nothing more significant than the the food. You'll see certain companies are out there. And so I, I'm, I apologize. It's out of everyone's control. Um, and there are alternatives out there. But definitely, if your pet is on a prescription or as we call it, therapeutic diet, please talk to your veterinarian before just making a decision to get something else. Um, these are prescriptions. Food is a prescription. It is considered like a drug. It ha there has to be a prescription for this because food in the pet world does affect your pets. There's a, there's a reason why we recommend therapeutic or prescription diets as they are known for your pets and they are prescriptions. So talk to your veterinarian. You know, we're struggling with certain food products. Um, I'd, I'd like to put a shout out for Rain, um, pet foods out there who came through to us and are helping us during this time. They make a very good product. Um, so any veterinarians listening out there, Rain uh, Pet Food, R-A-Y-N-E. Um, you'll probably get a hold of my buddy Steve, tell him I sent you. Um, really good product. So definitely um, check them out. The other thing is, as you're finding which for the first time in my life, it's it's difficult to get an appointment. Um, I think it's difficult to get an appointment with a veterinarian because they are so overbooked. Even myself, I am overbooked. I can't tell you how many vets near me are turning down new clients. Many vets near me are turning down not emergencies, but illnesses because they can't be seen same day. I have a different take on that. Um, I implemented different things that were much able to offer things but even at this point we are triple double booked um, and it is tough so we're working our best to see you on a timely manner I think we're doing a really good job my team's doing a really good job about that but um, you know just just be patient with things like this and you know I, I get a lot of clients from other vets and some of the vets I know, I, I literally tell them, listen, I know your veterinarian. I'm going to, you know, I recommend that you go back to see them. I'm more than happy to see them. If, if they're unable to see you and you feel that this is an emergency and, you know, the, the bottom line is we want to get patient care done. But switching vets um, for this reason, I, I don't think is really, I don't want to say fair. It's just it, the, the, 
the times are reflecting our ability to see you as clients. So just keep that in mind. Um, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post a little video of, of me running around outside. Um, literally, I'm seeing three patients at a time. Um, but it's, it's fun. And along those lines, the quality of the medicine and our customer service still remains good. I, as I stated before, I am very fortunate. Our wait times to be seen are pretty low compared to other places. Um, my admin had to take his pet to emergency five hour, five hour. So um, it's, they're working their butts off. I just, I'm reading posts of some of these specialists. They're working 21 hours straight. So it is not easy on them and they are doing their best. And, you know, when I do talk to some of them, they sound tired. So, um, you know, they're doing their best to see you. So please be patient. Please be patient. Um, so what are the expectations for the future? I, I would expect that many hospitals are going to remain curbside. They're going to remain uh, closed. Um, I think you're going to st still see these little outbreaks and the closures for 10 to 14 days. I definitely guarantee you're going to see this. I think there's going to be a little bit of uh, a rush to get back to normalcy. And for those team members who haven't experienced a social life, they may rush out even if they have a vaccine and it may lead to um, more infections and everything. So just keep that in mind. Um, and I've even known some practices that have actually eliminated inpatient exams. They're strictly going curbside. Um, but I think what you have to expect is masks are going to be part of the scenario for the unforeseeable future. Um, and also we're going to limit if we do open. So this is an F. If we do open, there's a limit to how many people can come in at once um, or what type of protocols are going to be in place for have that. Um, but I got to tell you, I got to tell you, pet parents, those pets that you say, you know, I, I need to come in or I need to let my, my dog in or, you know, they, they don't do well at the vets. Uh, they're doing okay. They're doing really good, actually. Some of them actually like being in the back with us. Um, so just want to reassure you that that's what's, um, that's what's happening. Um, just a fair warning. <laughs> um, because we're so-called isolated inside, we are talking a lot, we are laughing a lot, and the words that coming are coming out of our mouth is just, it's fun, but I've never, I'll be honest with you, I swear a lot, I've never sworn so much in my life. Not bad swearing, just swearing. Um, descriptive swearing is as I call it. <laughs> descriptive swearing, that's a good one. Um, so if and when vets do open up, vet, teams out there you gotta either soundproof the place or take a crash course in just you know etiquette and everything getting back to what it's like um because we're having too much time uh, fun or just blast really loud music up front i don't i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to tell you um but personally what what, what are you guys gonna expect from me so as covid hits i'm still out there i'm out there talking to you guys rain snow sunshine um i'll be face to face talking to you i think it's important. Um, I practice good social distancing. I got a really good mask. Um, and hopefully I will be vaccinated, but we'll, um, we'll get to that point. I, I honestly don't know if and when we're going to open. I think we just have to play things by ear. Um, one, of the, one of the unknowns is how good is this vaccine? How long does it last? How protective really is it? Um, you know, we as vaccine providers for pets, we know that nothing is 100% effective. 
Um, so we really have to weigh those things. But as I stated before, there is no change in quality or customer care, and you shouldn't notice this at other vet hospitals. I think, th so the reason why many of these vet hospitals are shutting down to new clients is they want to maintain the customer service and quality patient care to their existing clientele. And they're just big. They're big hospitals that have a huge caseload and a huge client list that they want to concentrate on that. Um, other places like me, I'm not that big, so I can um, enable to see new clients. Just one word of uh, advice, um, please don't make an appointment at one vet and then call another vet and whoever you get in first, go. Um, it's given how we're triple booking and double booking, we, these spots are prime and you do inhibit the ability for a pet to be seen if you make an appointment and don't show. Um, that's on the rise. I, a lot of vets are gonna implement a deposit. Um, I think you know vets are implementing deposits, period. Um, so I know if your pet needs to be seen, if it's a matter of your, your timing and stuff, then go to referral or really keep that appointment. Or if you're going to change that appointment, they're going to want 24, 48 hours notice. Okay. So, um, or a deposit. So just don't just start shopping around. It's not, it ain't cool to be quite honest with you. Um, and that's where we are. So let's take a short break and we'll come back to some more of your pet matters after this. Hear ye, hear ye. Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend, Dr. T, only on 107.7 The Bronx. Welcome back to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T, Tikiwa. And we just talked about how where we stand with COVID uh, last segment. So um, I wanted to kind of switch gears and just talk about, there was there's some things that happened this week that just made me think of things that, things that are frustrating for your veterinarian. And I first started off with a list of three, and then it grew. And so I'm, you know, you got five things that that drive your vets nuts. Um, but I'm just going to list a few of them. But a lot of them have some general, um, how I put it, general similarities, um, general points. I, we we get a lot of uh, patients coming in, so that there is a thing called a doctor-patient relationship. It's a legal thing. Um, usually it requires that we've actually seen the pet and done a physical exam at least once a year. Um, it is very difficult and I'm, I'm always going to make analogies to the human um, medical world. And keep in mind that in my opinion, there is no difference between what we as veterinarians provide for your pets as what humans provide for you. And yet there is a frustration that, that many human pet parents are giving their veterinarians, which just doesn't, it doesn't equate to the human world because there was no way a human medical doctor would allow that sort of discussion even to happen. Um, I think one great example is it's been over a year since you've been to the, your pet's been to the vet and you want a medication. That is impossible in the human world. Utterly, utterly impossible. Um, so legally it is impossible in the vet world. So please don't get frustrated if you call after not being seen by a veterinarian and want something. An exam has to take place. We have to maintain that doctor-patient relationship. And it's, 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 it's important. The difference is, let, let me tell you a difference in why it's so important, is that in one year of my life, it's a year. In one year of my five-year-old dog's life, it's three to four years. So if you don't go to a vet, once a year, you're missing three to four years. So imagine not being seen by a medical doctor for three to four years. That pertains to your general wellness. It especially pertains to changes in the body as you get older, as they get older. 
it especially pertains to changes in dentistry. If I did not go to the dentist, I think I missed my six month. I went a bit later and the buildup was ridiculous. So I go every six months. I honestly would like to go every four months. Um, and I think most dentists want you to do that. But if you don't go to the dentist for four years, you can only imagine what your teeth would look like. But then multiply that by how rapidly a pet ages. And that's why it looks that bad. When, when we talk about dentals, we grade them from one through four. So when I'm talking to you about a grade one dental, that is like me not getting my teeth clean for three, four years, minimum. The amount of buildup there is frankly not cool. <laughs> Probably doesn't smell good either. Um, so that that's one of the things is, is this doctor-patient relationship and the concept that pets age rapidly more than we do. The other thing is, is I have to stress this, is heartworm disease is a bloodborne illness. It's spread by mosquitoes that actually get the heartworms into your pet's bloodstream. And I and people always think it's a it's a fecal test. And I think the confusion arises from one of your preventatives for heartworm disease, um, the ones we recommend are HeartGuard, um, other good ones out there are Interceptor. They actually kill heartworms, which is your bloodborne parasite and they also prevent and can kill gastrointestinal parasites which come through fecal exams we, we check through fecal exams so there's always this misconception misconception that running a fecal is running a heartworm test running a fecal is looking for gastrointestinal gi parasites that's what running a fecal is running a heartworm test is a blood test so i need to clarify that <laughs> I don't. I think that's something been uh, been asked on a regular um, basis for. I've been practicing for how long? Decades. This is a decades thing. Um, the other thing is is um, just. I guess it's just kind of like the treatment um, of your vet team. Uh, I'll never forget. Um, well, let, let me let me put it this way. If I see an ear infection or a urinary tract infection or upper respiratory infection, skin infection, whatever we see that's a non-wellness, ideally, you want to recheck that. And so one of the pet peeves of vets are that, okay, here, you have an ear infection. We're going to do some meds for seven to 10 days. Let's recheck that ear in two weeks. Many, many times clients go, oh, the ears look great. Uh, don't need to come in. Well, simple question. How do you know that? And I literally had a client argue with one of my technicians that in order to look at a ear, look to see for an ear infection, all you do is look in the ear. No, it's part of what we do. Um, to truly diagnose an ear infection, you're, you're, you're looking at the whole pet for one thing because sometimes nutrition has a lot to do with ear infections. So you look in the ear, you look for redness, inflammation, discharge, but you have to take a sampling out of that ear and you have to put it on a slide and you have to look at it under microscope because you could have two types of infections. Well, let me say three, two in a bit. Um, it could be yeast, it could be bacteria, it could be both. It could be opportunistic bacteria too. So I can't visibly see yeast. I can't visibly see bacteria. I don't know anyone who can because it's microscopic. So in order to check an ear thoroughly, and even if the ear looks good, I can't tell you how many times the ear looks good, we do a little swab and there's still an infection going on there. So it's very, very important to have that recheck exam. 
it's very, very important to really do a diagnostic recheck. There's no way you can say that something is cleared unless you see that. Do something. There's, there's a lot of things that way. So, so rechecks are important. Rechecks are very important. Um, another thing, and I, and I don't mean to, to, to knock the human healthcare, but I can't tell you how many times we've been told, I'm, I'm a human healthcare practitioner and I know. And I, I understand that. I know, I know you know things, but we are trained as veterinarians and there's many things we know and many things that are different, whether it be drug dosing, I had a doctor, I had an anesthesia specialist. His dog got bitten by a scorpion. He gave a dose of an antibiotic that was 300 times the recommended dose for a dog. It was a human dosing. And it, the damage that could, the, thank God the dog was fine. But damage that could have happened could have been irreparable. So these are things that, you know, it's, it's we're, we're in it. It's like, it's like me I can pseudo-diagnose a car problem, but there's no way I can fix it. There's no way I can, and I've been, I can't tell you how many times I've been wrong. And the problem with me is I would go in, because I know some, I'd be telling my mechanic, oh, I think it's this, this, this. And one time he searched for that, and then he laughed at the end of the day because I was completely wrong. So it's one of those things. We respect the human profession, and I, I ask that that same respect be passed on to your veterinarian team. Um, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a... I, I had a case come in. It was a senior dog that hadn't been seen by a vet for years. So let's say three years in the human world. So that's at least 12 years in a pet's world. Hadn't had any blood work done, not up to date on vaccines, um, lives outside. So unknown um, Lyme disease status. The dog was limping. The dog came in for limping. They And I found not only issues with the joints, recommended blood work and found an ear infection. Everything was declined but a rabies vaccine. This is, and, and the quote unquote was, I'm a human medical practitioner, I know. And it, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. So I just want to put that thing out there. That's a little pet peeve of mine, um, you know, that I have to talk about. Um, the other thing I get is, well, they're, they're 11, they're going to die soon. And I kid you not, this week I was told by a client, I recommended a dental on their dog. Their dog had grade three dental disease. And I, I was literally, I was... I was pseudo yelled at. It was uh, it was not a good interaction, and I was I literally came in saying this guy's not a, a cool guy. But I literally yelled at, and then quote unquote, so it's, I think it's a ten year old dog. For the last six years, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do a dental. For six years, you've been saying to do a dental. We're just not gonna do it. She's gonna die soon. That's after I go. Can I ask why? Because you always want to know what's going on. I understand. Like it could be financial. It could be a whole bunch of things. A lot of people have lost their job during COVID. A lot of people um, don't want to spend the money. A lot of people don't feel it's a medical thing, but to be yelled at and, and said that the dog is going to die soon. So it's, it's interesting because like, I'm thinking, okay, so for six years, we've been recommending a dental when your dog was like really young and, and probably doing really well and could be doing better. And, you know, I did explain the, the risk of dental disease to long-term healthcare, how it can affect the kidneys, the liver, the heart and everything like that. Um, but it, it's just one of those things. I, I think that it's, it just kind of blows our mind when, when things are, we, we call it decline. We actually document decline things um, because sometimes um, people will wonder why we never recommended it and then we have to remind them we did. Um, so it's one of those things that you just have to uh, uh, do. The other thing has to do with meds. 
and I'll finish at this because there's a, there's a whole load. But the other thing has to do with meds. Uh, the funniest thing is, oh yeah, I only gave two days worth of meds. I, I can't tell me clients have extra meds at home. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I do understand that in the human world and myself being on antibiotics from the human world, that three days of antibiotics is good. But there's a reason why your veterinary prescribes X amount of days and it's not always the same. It, it can vary. But, but to stop before the end of the medication, is just asking for an infection A to continue or B get worse or carry a superbug. So it's it's one of those things that I just don't understand that that please 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 when your veterinarian prescribes a medication for a certain time, it's important to do that. Um, you'll you might notice clinical changes for the better during that time, but it's not eradicated. It's it's kind of like a recheck. You're going to do it for a certain amount of time. You're going to recheck to make sure everything's everything's good. Um, so it's important. I, I can't tell you how many people just have a lot of meds left over. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing, and it kind of scares me because I, I often wonder, given that I'm looking at the pet later and there's more severe issues, where would they would have been had they finished the meds? So that's that's one thing. Um, the other thing is is coming in a year later for something that, your aunt, your sister, your neighbor, your uncle, whoever said that, oh, it's this. They don't know. I don't know until I do an exam. So, you know, it's really, everyone's different. Everyone has different things. Even the same med that was used last time might not work this time because things can change. And going back to the ears, if it was a yeast infection one time and now you have a bacteria and yeast infection, the yeast infection meds aren't going to work as well. They may not work well at all. Um, it could be a bacterial infection in which case the yeast med will not work at all. So it's very important to figure out exactly what's going on and and move forward from there. So that's my soapbox for uh, this time. Just a few things that do are very frustrating. And, uh, you know, I hope it just opens people's minds up for discussions with their vets. Okay, let's take a short break, and we'll come back with Your Pet Matters right here on 1077thebronc.com. Every weekend, you'll find a project to get involved with. And sometimes, it'll include your scaly or furry partner in crime. From Your Pet Matters with Dr. T, it's time for Producers Pet Project. Your go-to for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and overall helpful tips and tricks to keep your best friend happy and healthy. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Hello everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Your Pet Matters. I'm your producer, Wade Buchanan, and today I want to continue to discuss some things that your dog needs for the spring. Last week, I mentioned about eight or nine-ish things that could help your dog stay happy, healthy, and safe during the summertime. And now I would like to continue that list, so uh, here we go. Number nine on the list is to get a chemical-free lawn. Also on the list of hazards, dangers in your backyard, commercial fertilizers, organic fertilizers, herbicides, insecticides, and pesticides. These products all help your lawn grow and keep weeds and pests at bay, but they can be very dangerous for your dog. They irritate your dog's respiratory and digestive systems, and are even linked to higher incidences of certain kinds of cancer. The bottom line is that you should probably forego the chemicals if you spend a lot of time outside with your dog, or at least keep your dog off the lawn for a few days after it's been treated. Number 10 is a safe backyard and garden. As you're walking around your lawn and garden, making plans for spring and summer, take your dog into account. 
Many ornamental plants can poison your dog. Think azaleas, daily, and English ivy. And common flowers such as buttercups and daisies are toxic to canines. Even your fruits and vegetable garden can pose some dangers. Tomato greens can poison your dog, as can chives, mint, tarragon, onions, sweet peas, and many fruit trees. Ensure that you don't have any dangerous plants growing in your yard. Even things you didn't plant can pop up in the spring. And before you plant anything new, check whether it can hurt your dog. And if you have a pool in your backyard, make sure you supervise your dog carefully. Number 11 is a sage tree, umbrella, or canopy. Another surprising danger in your backyard is the sun. Dogs can get sunburned, and they can also develop skin cancer. That means your dog needs a shady place to relax when he or she spends the day outside. Most yards have a little bit of shade, but if yours doesn't, you can plant a shade tree. Alternately, you can set up an umbrella, or you can put up an awning or canopy to provide a little bit of cover. Whether you're hanging out by the pool or just have greenery in your backyard, both you and your dog will enjoy the extra shade. Also along those lines, make sure your dog has access to fresh water to prevent it from overheating. Number 12 are new toys. Most people think it's okay to let their dog play with sticks, but sticks can cause numerous injuries for your dog, thinking splinters, pierced tongues, and punctured organs. Dog toys offer a much safer alternative, and spring is a good time to take inventory to see whether any toys are too beat up to last another year. Try the pet stores, or even the local dollar store, if you can find dog-safe options. For replacement toys, your dog won't mind taking it outside. Even if you're just spending time with somebody else's dog, make sure you have safe toys in hand. It's called spring cleaning for a reason. Warm weather gives you the perfect opportunity to give your home a deep clean. But when you're stocking up on cleaning supplies, make sure you choose natural and pet-friendly products. PetMD reports that you should check the ingredients list. Some of the things to look out for, you should avoid things like bleach, formaldehyde, alcohol, such as other cleaning products that won't hurt your dog. That way, your dog can hang out inside with you without encountering any dangerous chemicals. Number 14 is a safe walking route. Even if your dog proof your home and yard, you still need to protect your dog's safety when you walk him or her around the neighborhood. Hazards that were hidden by snow can come to light in the spring. Buried dog waste and trash pose real dangers. Furthermore, puddles and ponds can host bacteria and parasites. And lawns at your neighbor's house, or even in public parks, might be covered in dangerous fertilizers and pesticides. Your dog probably wants to explore everything, so make sure he stays safe in the process. Whether you're walking your dog around your neighborhood or on the beach, Make sure you watch out for any hazards. And at number 15, a date with a sitter or kennel. Planning to take some long vacations this summer? Then you should use this spring to get your dog used to a sitter or kennel who will take care of him while you're gone. Take a short trip to see how your dog does. Then, you can feel more confident traveling for a longer period of time. Furthermore, if you plan to take your dog with you on a summer vacation, you should get him or her used to riding in a car during the spring. That way, everybody will be less anxious when it comes time for the summer. Unfortunately, that's all the time I have left for this episode, so tune in next week where I give you more tips and tricks to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Till then, back to Dr. T and your pet matters. 
I'm your producer, Wavy Cannon, and I will see you on the next one. Stay safe, everybody. That was today's segment of Producer's Pet Project, your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time. And for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producer's Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care, only on 107.7 The Bronx. Hear ye, hear ye. Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend, Dr. T, only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back. It's me, Dr. T, here on a beautiful sunny day in New Jersey. It's beautiful. Things are blooming. The only, actually, the only non-beautiful thing is, is allergies are on the rise. Allergies are on the rise for both me and your pets, people. If you're suffering allergies, your pet may be suffering allergies. That's a great, that's a great um, thing to watch out for. So any of you uh, pet parents out there that have pets with allergies that have, have used antihistamines by your, uh, recommended by your veterinarian, we usually recommend starting really before the season um, hits hard. So, so talk to your vet, get them on some uh, allergy medications, and we can go from there. Um, I, I want to switch gears yet again. I, I really, this is uh, something that really is, um, it was devastating to me and my classmates. Um, geez, one, one of our classmates passed away and and um, it was sudden. It was, uh, and it, and, um, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, what you may think out there. I, I know there's a lot of stress in the vet world, um, but she actually passed away of a brain aneurysm. Um, and it happened while she was at the clinic and it stirred up so much thoughts in my class. You know, we, we were, um, we're all on a Facebook post, um, uh, page that we all share. And, you know, it's, it's, it stirred up a lot of emotions. Um, I can only imagine what her family is going through. Um, and it brought back a lot of memories. It's, it's been 20 years since, since we all graduated from class and we were, we were fortunate. We were a small class size. We had the last of the small class. There was only 53 of us. So we really got to know each other, um, really well. Um, and it, it's, it's such a shame that, you know, after we all graduate, we kind of go our separate ways and you don't keep in touch. And it's, you know, I was told statistically that you keep in touch with maybe three to five people. And, and that's true. And I totally regret not trying to change that statistic. Um, her name was Shannon, and my memory of her was, it was funny, she sat behind me with her roommate, and sat behind me and my um, uh, my friend Pam, who became a wonderful internal medicine specialist. Um, I just remember her being quiet. I remember her, her all, I, she was always smiling, she was always happy. She was just cool. She was that, that person that you'd kind of want to hang around with, um, but she kind of just, you know, she did her own thing and she, she did stuff and, um, she was just cool. She was just cool. It was never, you know, she's, she's that, she's that person that, you know, nothing really frazzled her. Um, but she was always laughing and smiling and, and, a, and a friend, um, a classmate of mine, um, ran into her a few years ago and it, this is what she said, still the same lovable Shannon. So, you know, it, it's these things that really. It warms my heart to think about her, and I'm deeply saddened that she's gone, and I'm deeply saddened that we didn't keep in touch. I just can't. It's just so tough. 
it's just so tough. So I, I didn't know how to really approach this, but I think that the best way is just to talk about what kind of legacy she left. And I think it was best summed up by the people that she worked with. Um, she was an associate at one of the practices back home in Canada, um, in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Um, she was from East Coast Canada. I remember where she was from. She was from Moncton. Um, and, uh, and well, here's, here's what they said. From an early age, Shannon's love of animals was central to her life. It was inevitable that she would pursue this passion as her career. She graduated from the Atlantic Veterinary College in Prince Edward Island in 2000 and began her beloved career. Shannon was an extraordinary veterinarian and a good person. She had an amazing energy of calmness, peace and positivity, and she had a brilliant mind. Her love of animals and her empathy for them shone through with every patient in her care. She had a gentle soul, a gentle touch, and a huge capacity for caring. Shannon was an inspiration to many in her ability to look outside the box and always finding that one more thing to try. Learning acupuncture and providing that to her patients was one of Shannon's favorite things to do. But she was talented in every aspect of patient care. Shannon leaves an enormous hole in our Southpaw family. Her passing is a devastating loss for all who had the pleasure of knowing her. Her enthusiasm for life extended into her personal life to include her love of traveling the back roads on her motorbike with Adam, stopping to hike or camp along the way, to hot summer days tending to the garden and picking the crops with her mom. Additionally, Shannon always found room in her heart and in her home for one more orphan pet to add to her family. So my memory of Shannon is, is nothing's changed. People don't change and it's, it's sad. It, it, you know, we were talking about it as a group with our, with our, our classmates and it's just, it, it summarized things like time flies, life is fragile. It's incredibly unpredictable. One day we're here and the next you're not. Even if you believe in reincarnation, I feel that you really get one shot. We're in this particular form, this human form, and we get one shot to do something. So if, you, if you're in that form, make it count, and I think Shannon did. In her own way, she put that ding in the universe. How did she do that? Well, she, she did what she loved doing. There was no doubt in my mind, when we were in vet school, um, you could see people who were destined to be great vets. You could see people who were like, what are you doing here? And then everyone else was all of us. Um, so it was interesting, but it was, there was no doubt in my mind that Shannon, A, would be a great vet and B, you know, would just make a significant, make a significant contribution to someone's life. I, I can't tell you how many, in 20 years, how many thousands of pets she was able to help. And of those pets, how many thousands of people who love those pets she was able to help by helping those pets. She did something she loved. She made someone happy. If you're listening out there in the vet world, I want you to look at this. Is this something you love? Does this make you happy? Can you make someone happy by doing what you love? And I advise you, 
to keep in touch. We just, we have just gone through one of the worst pandemics in living history. And if you haven't reached out to someone, do so. I was looking, I, I actively reached out to people and I looked at my, I, I use Facebook Messenger for those I'm on Facebook with and I looked at them and I, I literally thought I reached out to them last month and I'm looking and it says, you have not talked to this person in 30 plus weeks. 30 plus weeks. Everyone has two minutes to reach out. And if, if I'm reaching, if for those of you that I've reached out and you go, what the heck is Mike doing? Why is, why is he reaching out? I'm just reaching out because I, I just want to make sure you're okay. Um, so, and for those of you I haven't reached out to for 30 plus weeks, I am sorry. But I am thinking about many of you. Some of you I'm not. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. But I'm thinking about many of you. Um, and we were supposed to, we were supposed to have our 20th um, reunion in the summer, which clearly was canceled due to COVID. And I would have loved to see Shannon there. I would have loved to see her smiling, drinking her beer and laughing. So do what Shannon did, people. Remain bright and cheerful. Be that calm in the storm. And up until the day she died, do you know what she was doing? She was providing service to others. She was helping pets and therefore helping the people who love their pets. So I think Shannon left a devastating void and at the same time contributed to the benefit of so many pets and people. So thank you, Shannon. I will miss you, my friend, forever. Rest in peace. Well, that's it for our show this week, people. Um, it was very emotional for me to, to hear about Shannon. Um, and I just wanted to share her legacy with you. And remember, everyone, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day. Your Pet Matters with Dr. T comes to a close. Yet fret not if you missed the 10 a.m. Saturday show. Tune in Monday morning at 9 if you please. And hear free advice for all your dog and cat needs. You can find past episodes on the Your Pet Matters podcast or go to 1077thebronc.com slash yourpetmatters. Made for you and your pets. 1077 The Bronx is beyond compare. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care.